Hello, and welcome to Books, the podcast, the only podcast about books. I'm Tim, Tom. and we're booksmen. Ma. I'm trying to get him to coincide. Yeah, it worked well. Yeah. Tom, that's just one way you're becoming more effective. This is the end of the road for old Stephen R. Covey. Yeah. Tim, I'm looking at your copy of the book. It's dog-eared. Yeah, man. I've been reading that. You've been, you've been running that book. Did you put that, uh, did you leave that book at a car wash recently? I went to a car wash recently. I have a car, right? Uh-huh. Park, don't park under a tree in New York. Oh, my God. Tom, I have I have overpasses near me. Oh, and sometimes that's even when worse. I, when I can't find a spot, I'm just like, oh, well, there's a lot of spots under the overpass. I forget every fucking time. It's, diary, it's bird diarrhea central on yeah. this car. And like, like I didn't even know birds could shit that color. Yeah, and you will think, oh, especially like in the summer. <coughs> oh, great shade. Yeah, fuck shade. You run the AC for a couple of minutes yeah. extra, and any car cars cool down pretty quick. Yeah, yeah, uh, but shade. It's not 1987. You don't need. Oh, how will I ever get this car cool again? Yeah, you run the AC for two minutes, yeah. and it's fine. I think I do need to get new Freon for my AC. I think I need new tires, too. This car is turning into a nightmare. Yeah, my my, my A real money good. pit. Yeah, mine, too. Um, I got a... Uh, this is not what I want to talk about, but I got my, uh, uh, like, uh, ran over a screw or something uh, mm. a few months ago, and I needed to, you know, do the whole uh, plop, 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 driving around to a, uh, a tire place. Mm-hmm. It's not good for it, but no. But I mean, I had to. Yeah, actually, uh, you're not far from some tire places around. No, here. exactly. And like, I looked it up, and they were like, "If you're driving like less than a mile, it's fine." I yeah. was, yeah, not going very. Yeah, what's far your at all. address? Because I know there's <laughs> one that's kind of close to here. <laughs> and you know the address of that one? Well, I, I'll I'll look it up on Google Maps, and I can just tell people. Well, exactly I don't need to go there. I wouldn't recommend this place. They had very poor customer service, mm. and in fairness. Getting my tire plug was like five dollars, uh, you know, mm. it's just great. But it's like I'll pay ten dollars if like the guy will look at me <laughs> while I'm like a tw- real pervert, huh? <laughs> look at me while you plug my. No, tire. if I was a real pervert, I wouldn't want him to look at me. But it was just like I walked in. I was like, hey, uh, it was like a very weird. It wouldn't even. I don't even. This wasn't even like a room I walked into. It was strange. And just like two guys watching, uh, you know, like videos on their phones. I was like, "Hey, I need a, I got a flat tire. I think I ran over a screw. I need a plug." <laughs> then just like silence for thirty seconds. Like, uh, can I, can I, can I get that done here? Is this the the right place? <laughs> and then like without a word, a guy got up and like didn't look at me and just like went outside. The only thing he said to me was like. You got lugs on your, I need the, the, the thing. And I was like, what? Huh? It was, you know, like a locking thing. Uh, I gave, I like went my uh, glove box and I had like two, I'm like, here you go. He's like, this isn't it. I'm like, "Uh." (laughs) and then he he patched the hole, which is fine. $5. I'm like, oh, okay. (laughs) That's it? Yeah. I was like, yeah. So you went to a car wash too? I went to a car wash because I had all this uh, shit on my car. And I bought like you know, it's an one of those automatic car washes, which are the best because they're fun. Did you get to sit in it? Yeah, 
you get to sit in it? I, they don't let me sit in the automatic one near oh, me. Oh, you got a one where like it pulls the car through. Yeah. Yeah, it must be like a law or something, right? That yeah. if they pull the car through, you can't be in it because they probably think like, oh, what if he, you know, punches the gas? Yeah. No, I all I want to do is, well, I want I want to have a kid for the sole purpose of bringing a kid through one of those car washes and just watching them like freak out. Yeah. I bring my dog through there sometimes, and uh, she's like, "What the hell?" Just those big, they smack the the big wet the snuffleupagus. Yeah, ones. just goes yeah. whap whap across yeah. the uh, the windshield. This one doesn't have those, and I miss it. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I think they only have those in the moving ones. Yeah. This is like a pull in, you stop, and then oh, everything everything happens, happens around you. And don't get me wrong, it's still a lot of fun. But out of the like four levels, I bought the third highest level. Ooh. You know. You just get a raise, Tom? <laughs> no, I had a, a girl in the car I was trying to impress. Nice. Uh, Rose, like, I'll take the highest level. And then when uh, she was, I was like, how much is that? <laughs> oh, how much is the next one down? Oh, you guys are really raking me over the coals. When they put on the second coating of hot wax, that's when you go like, yeah. and then uh, put your armor on. When she's her. like, is that a second coating of hot wax? <laughs> Yeah, babe, I always get a second coat. And then I uh, uh, put down the window a little bit as a joke. (laughs) Uh, But I didn't get all the dog, not dog shit, (laughs) all this dog shit all over my car. Didn't get all the bird shit off, and I was very mad. I was like, I ain't need a car wash except for the bird shit. Yeah. So I've been reading this book, Tom. (laughs) Yeah. The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Stephen R. Covey wrote it. Do you remember how many habits we got through so far? Maybe all of them? Nope. Five. Five. Yeah. Uh, do you, then do you want to tell me what they are? Uh, I don't know. Well, you've been listening to me, right? <sighs> the, the first one was like, uh, don't fuck up. Close. Be I, proactive. I remember one was uh, be proactive. Put first things first. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, don't take any wooden nickels? Nope. Well, maybe. Begin with the end in mind. That, yeah, that's too. another way of saying it. Yeah. Um, uh, and then last week we uh, did the two boring ones. Because like, those three are just like, get your shit together. It's, it's, uh, it's personal victory. Yeah. And then the other ones Professional are- Professional victory, right? No, public victory. Oh, okay. And it's uh, it's all about- uh, Humiliating your enemies. No, it's all about working <laughs> with your enemies. Oh. So and, it's, and lulling them into a uh, letting their guard down, and then probably six and seven are about humiliating them. Mm. <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's think win-win is no. habit four. Right. And like- it was probably a big deal because like nobody ever said win win before. But Everybody now, was thinking win lose or draw. Yeah, you made that joke <laughs> last week. Uh, and then uh, part habit five was seek first to understand, then to be understood, which is actually pretty good. Also, it's good advice for life, I guess. I just realized that that's a <laughs> pun. Win lose or draw. So it was a TV show. Yeah, that was kind of like Pictionary, right? 
And <laughs> what didn't you understand? <laughs> I understood that somebody would have to draw to to get somebody else to guess what they were drawing and they would win or lose. But I never realized until this moment that, yeah, you can win or you can lose or you can draw. It's a play on words. Holy shit. Do you have a newfound respect for Burt Reynolds now? Fuck, Tim. I've never respected that man for a second. What? Disgrace my family name. Oh, yeah. Was that a problem for you? No, he'd be a cool guy to be associated with. No, I have an uncle named Robert Reynolds. So it's Robert. Reynolds. Oh, I see. Yeah. It's like Rob Reynolds. That's not. That's. <laughs> uh, Tom, habit six: synergize. What was that? Like a transformer? Yeah, no, it's like energy synergizing. Elect- yeah, electricity. I think this might have been the first time that they uh, that they started talking about synergy and stuff in in popular culture. It's great. Everybody's loved the idea of synergy ever since. I take as my guide the hope of a saint. In crucial things, unity. In important things, diversity. In all things, generosity. Tim, you can't read the Bible on this podcast. You know who said that? John H. Smith. President George H.W. Bush. I got the H right. uh, In his (laughs) inaugural address. I don't know what that means. (laughs) Read it again. I take as my guide the Uh hope of a saint. Yeah. In crucial things, unity. Okay. In important things, diversity. Okay. In all things, generosity. It's the third. What was the third one about diversity? In important things. Diversity. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's like mixing metaphors and stuff a lot there, right? Like Maybe. mixing different ideas. It's like a, it's a word salad. Yeah, it's, it's better than like- It's just like a lot like, of uh, buzzwords. Yeah. Kinda. I mean, it's better than the buzzwords of like, keep the immigrants out and- <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, 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 What was it? American massacre? Amer- American carnage. American carnage. Yeah. yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. I sold all my stocks that day. <laughs> it's a bad idea. The markets went up. Yeah. The, the markets went up after that. Yeah. The fuck? So anyway, back to Covey. <laughs> uh, what is synergy, he asks? Simply defined, it means that the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. I think in 1989, this yeah. was like a new thing to say. It means that the relationship which the parts have to each other is a part in and of itself. It is not only a part, but the most catalytic, the most empowering, the most unifying, the most exciting part. Tom, this whole book is written like this. It's like, uh, he's talking about like the Avengers. It's like, look, they all kick ass. Don't get me wrong. But when they come together, then they can really kick ass because sometimes they can combine powers. Yeah. Tim, I was recently reading about how much these people made on the Avengers. Oh, the Avengers movies. You know how much Paul... So you are of the opinion that like Paul Rudd doesn't like being in these movies. No, I don't, I'm not of the opinion that Paul Rudd doesn't like being in these movies. I think he uh, doesn't think the movies are good. Or it's not, the, it's not why he got... In, it's not... 
artistically satisfying. He didn't become an actor to be in these movies. What do you think he became an actor to do? To, uh, I don't know, perform and like and, and Shakespeare. Stuff. Yeah, like stuff that that uh, you know why why actors get into acting not to be like hey and I'm gonna run around a green screen and pretend to. Uh, you know, to fight an alien, which is fine. I'm sure he's like, hey, it's a lot of fun. But, like, I don't think that's his passion. Let me ask you if you think this would change his mind. Do you know how much money he made? He, I mean, he's doing it. I'm sure he listen, likes it. Listen, do you know how much money he made from Avengers Endgame? Avengers Endgame. $3 million? He made $41 million from that Paul movie. Paul Rudd did? Paul Rudd made $41 million from that movie. Why would they even have to pay him that much? Do you think Paul Rudd's ever made, combined, no. that much money in his life? And he made that movie where he's like, I don't know, the eighth lead. Yeah, no, I'm not saying he's like, oh, I hate this so much. Um, I just think that like he's just like, yeah, wow, they're going to pay me a lot of money to be in these stupid fucking movies. Hey, I'm in. You, it's it's kind of fun. Do you know how much money Bradley Cooper made from Avengers Endgame? $65 million. Bradley Cooper, the voice of Rocket Raccoon, mm-hmm. not even required on set. Yeah. He made $67 million wow. from that movie. These guys have to just be like, Holy! I won the lottery. I went. Yeah, I'm sure they. I'm sure they are. Two days of ADR in a studio, uh, saying a few lines, and I and they gave me fifty-seven million dollars. I thought you said it was sixty-seven. I think it might have been fifty-seven. All right. Um, how much did Robert Downey Jr. make from Avengers Endgame? Oh, it was even more. It was a lot. I so why why much. why do you think he he's stopping? Um I think that they're actually being pretty smart Disney in general of like look, if we're going to carry this shit on forever, like we can't carry everything on. There have to be kind of like phases. Mm-hmm. I mean there are phases, but like certain characters have to have definitive endpoints because end games. the end games uh, because otherwise there's not going to be stakes to any of this shit. Uh, like I legitimately think that they're thinking, Hey, when we make Avengers 12 in 20 years, like we can't be, all these characters can't still be alive and still be, there's just not going to be enough room. Right. Uh, I think that that's what it is. And I think it is. I think that they killed them off cause they're also like, yeah, based on the contract we signed with Robert Tanny Jr., he's going to be making a billion dollars a movie. How much did Paul Rudd make? $41 million. Why do they have to pay Paul Rudd $41 million? All these people, they've got him on a back-end point. I mean, part of it is that the movie made more money than anything's ever made. Right. Uh, but they've got them all on a back-end point. I think that that is like... I know it was the old Marvel before. But don't you think Disney as a company is savvy enough to be like, look, if Paul, like if Paul Rudd, like you say, mm-hmm. is like really into this stuff and like, hey, it, like, can't they work it out that like he would get $4 million? 
and he would still be stupid to pass that up because like he just has to do you know uh, a few days of running around a green screen um <clears throat> like you don't think Disney is savvy enough? You think Disney's like, ah, man, we gave them too many points. We didn't know this movie was going to be so big. No, I think what it was was years ago when Ike Perlmeyer was still involved and is getting really in the weeds. <laughs> and he was like the guy signing off and apparently was super cheap. That was when like a bunch of the big people were like publicly talking about like, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to be doing any more movies um, that Disney like they pushed him aside, put Kevin Faye up top, and he was the one that was just like, "No, pay these, like, keep all these people happy." Right, and but you don't think, like, what would happen if if they were like, you know what, Paul Rudd, you get you're you're not gonna get you're we we project that this movie's gonna make a billion one point two billion dollars, uh-huh. um, and we're gonna calculate you get. X percent, and it's going to come out to $5 million based on our projections. you think Paul Rudd would walk? No, but I think that they just are... I think Disney's being smarter. I think Disney's being more almost HBO-like of... Now, we want to like keep all these people happy because we, om- we had this... Not gr- the Disney way. <laughs> we had this great thing going, and it almost fell apart like right when it really broke out because we were being cheap with all these people. And now, you know, we're making a ton of money. And if we uh, cut all these people into it, not only will they be involved in all this shit, but like a lot of them are involved with like multiple projects within Disney. And I think Disney's the only movie studio. Exactly. And I think that they're like, hey, we're going to be the only movie studio. We're also going to have the only movie stars. (laughs) Like if you work for Disney, you're a movie star and you're going to be paid tremendously. uh, And that's going to, you know, attract even more people in. So Stephen Covey is talking about synergy at this point. Like the Avengers. Like Like Disney and Marvel. And he tells, he should have told the Avengers story because the, the he should have the example that he gives to illustrate. I think he died even before Iron Man came out. No, he died in I think twenty ten or twenty eleven. Oh, okay, so he saw the first. He be, I think he even saw the second Iron Man. Yeah. Presumably, he saw that uh, other Avengers movie from like the with Sean Connery or whatever. Oh yeah, the uh, with uh, uh, Ray Fiennes and Uma Thurman. Yeah, yeah, and he was like, "Eh, they're not really." Which is why the first Avengers movie—I don't care—it was called Avengers Assemble in the UK. We know. Wow. Yeah, Tom. But then we didn't hear, unlike you, Captain I America, to Steve Rogers, talk. say it until Endgame. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Well, how much did he make? He wasn't paid. He was an intern. Oh, wow. Uh, Actually, like a lot of it sounds like um, uh, I would actually not be surprised if there's some drama because it sounds like a lot of it came down to like people's agents. Yeah. (laughs) Where it was like, no, like some people made like an unbelievable amount of money. And then like in this breakdown, I didn't see anything about like how much uh, like Tom Holland made. Yeah. It's like, oh, he's Spider-Man. That's the biggest character, though. Is it? Marvel's biggest character, yeah. I mean, like merch-wise and everything, yeah. that's always the most popular. Think about it, Spider-Man. 
Yeah. Think, mm. about, think about, Tim, would you think about Spider-Man for a while? I'm always else? thinking about Spider-Man, Tom. I just wish he would turn off the dark. <laughs> uh, all right. So he tries to illustrate synergy the way it would work in a family. Spider-Man does? No, Stephen Covey. Oh, okay. And he, uh, he, he tells this story about a family, right? Uh-huh. And there's this dad and a wife, right. a mom. And uh, they're they're two boys, right? And the dad plans a vacation. He's like, we're going to go camping and fishing. It's going to be great. The kids are excited. And then the wife is just like, hey, guess what? I want to go shopping. No. She wants to use the vacation time to visit her ailing mother 250 miles away. She doesn't (laughs) have the opportunity to see her very often, and this is important to her. So they fight and fight <laughs> and the dad you just skipped ahead like 20 pages of just uh yeah it's, it's, it's vicious fighting in here knocked out drag out all year long we've looked forward to this one week vacation the boys would be miserable sitting around grandmother's house for a week watching the her die saying. yeah they drive everybody crazy. Besides, your mother's not that sick, and she has your sister <laughs> less than a mile to, to take her, uh, less than a mile away to take care of her. And the wife says, "She's my mother too. I want to be with her." And then he said, "Did it say what she's sick with?" No, uh, she's being well taken care of. Besides, the boys and I need you too, right? My mother is more important than fishing. Your husband and sons are more important than your mother. They're fighting. <clears throat> Yikes. I mean, your son's fishing isn't more important than your mother's health. <laughs> yeah. Um, Even as a young boy, I knew that. Plus, I never liked fishing as a young boy. It was boring as hell. So he's setting this up and he's Kids like, hate fishing. Kids do hate fishing. It's boring. Yeah, I got a dogfish once. <laughs> Damn, uh, don't lie. <laughs> That's not a thing. Uh, so, like, he's setting up this whole thing. Uh, the husband may give in to his wife, but he does it grudgingly. And consciously or unconsciously, he produces evidence to fulfill his prophecy of how miserable the week will be for everyone. Yeah, he's going to call up a hooker. Or the wife may give in to her husband, but she's withdrawn and overreactive to any new developments in her mother's health situation. Mm. If her mother were to become seriously... She sounds like she's hysterical. <laughs> this is pretty much what <laughs> Kobe's saying. If her mother were to become seriously ill and die, the husband could never forgive himself, and she wouldn't forgive him either. Um, so, like, he's setting this up. He's like, look, this is going to be, like, you... you you got to find a solution that is not only as good as what you want, but together putting your head together will make it better. See, I thought this is going to be about a business thing of like uh, a company that makes zippers and a company that makes Velcro. They decide like, let's make a jacket where you zip it and then you Velcro over yeah. the zipper part. No, but don't you think, don't you think this is something that's going to be like, Oh, he's going to have a real clever solution here. And this is going to be like, like, the perfect synergistic thing. No, the the thing is just... Uh, Divorce your wife. Start a new family. No, they're, they... they uh, start a new family with the sister that lives close to the Maybe we could arrange another time within the month for you to visit your mother. Alone. I could take over the home responsibilities for the weekend and arrange for some help at the first of the week so you can go. I know it's important to you to have that time. So, like... <laughs> You're on your own, sister. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. 
So I don't really understand. Look, I, look, I know this is important to you, so uh, I think you should go by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we're well, we're well, still gonna go fishing. Well, uh, well, me and our sons, you know, fuck around around home. <laughs> oh, probably burn the house down. Yeah, I, I feed them, uh, you know. Uh, Pudding for dinner every night or something. Pudding, yeah. And the nine in the in the late eighties, pudding was was a pretty bad dinner. It was a pretty, <laughs> yeah, in the seventies, it was a great dinner, but that was before people knew better. Yeah, Tom, I'm really angry today. I splurged and ate a bon mi. Yeah, and it was it wasn't good. What do you mean you splurge? You splurged money-wise or calorie-wise? Um, I try to just eat, have a salad for lunch every day, like a big hearty salad. Um, I'm, I'm trying not to. Uh, <laughs> I try to have a salad and a bread bowl every day. <laughs> no, I'm trying not. I'm trying not to have too many, uh, uh, uh too much unnecessary bread. Yeah, trying to slim down a little bit. Yeah, for your big European vacation. <coughs> yeah, I'm gonna be wearing a speedo the entire time. Right, and you don't want it all all the uh, Europeans going. Oh, look at the fat American. Yeah, it's like yeah, I'm fat. Shut up. <laughs> but I'm American, goddammit. <laughs> but I also live in the worst country. <laughs> I also live in the meanest country in the world. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm fat, but I'm also mean. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, 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 all in the back of my head, I was like, I should have gone to the other Bon Me place. The bread was kind of stale, Ooh, that, right? Yeah, that's the that's worst part. Good, yeah, I mean, that's what you're there for is kind of the yeah, bread, right? And it's steamed like steam bread. Is it always steamed? No, it's just like French bread. It's fine. It's like a baguette. Oh, I know. Yeah. What am I thinking of? I don't know. Dumplings. <laughs> I think I'm thinking of dumplings. <laughs> <laughs> no, and it sucks when I don't when... really like Bon Me sandwiches. Oh, really? Yeah. All the pickled vegetables. Look, the only vegetable I like pickled is a cucumber. Thank really you very much. Yeah, and what? I love a pickled cucumber. You you, you ever have uh, pickled red onions? Yeah, too sweet for you. Yeah, don't no, you know what? Leave onions alone. I love onions. Grill them, saute them, give them to me raw, but don't pickle them. All right, well, then you're not leaving them alone if you're grilling them or sa- sauteing Yeah, them. that's what I'm saying. Then give them to me raw. Yeah, but you also- Whatever you're going to do with them, do it quick. Yeah, quick pickle. <laughs> I, I always quick pickle my, my red onions. You don't quick pickle your- I swear to God, Tom, I will show you on my pocket app my uh, recipe for quick, pickle, quick pickled red onions. It's from thekitchen.com, K-I-T-C-H-N. <laughs> I thought you were just going to spell the kitchen. <laughs> nah, it's without the E. Okay. No E's allowed. Well, it's, for it's the, online. Yeah. Um, I have a new quick cold brew process that- Tom, every week you have a new fucking cold brew. Yeah. And you never <laughs> describe them right. Nobody ever knows what you're talking about. This new process- We get emails about it. Please have Tom stop talking about his cold brew because uh, it's making me want it so bad. Uh, now I have a, a new process. It's very quick, however, very wasteful with coffee. Well, then it requires it. a lot of beans. Well, then this is. A I bet. don't like doing it, but sometimes I have no choice. Sometimes you don't have I, time. I didn't think, you know, hey, I might need cold brew in twelve hours. Right. I should get it started now. Mm-hmm. 
you know, much. I'm sure your quick pickling I is thought, wasteful. No, it's 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 actually you just use some rice vinegar. Should I start composting? Yeah, you should start composting. No, you're a big composter. Yeah, I am. It's great. You What's get to so great freeze about it? Uh, your food waste in your in your. I mean, that doesn't sound. Does your great. building have the brown bins? To to get to rid put of poop compo- in no Tim we have <laughs> to toilets put, to put compost in Tom no but there's a compost collection by the subway that I go to uh, I don't know when it is but I see it yeah you could find out you could ask yeah, when yeah. you see it you could be like hey you're here this time <laughs> <laughs> yeah instead of normally when I walk by I go P.U. <laughs> stinks nah, throw it's that good. shit out you know what look do they bring you the dirt back Yes, actually. Huh. Free well, dirt. We we drop ours off at a farmer's market near us. Okay. And then uh once every couple months they bring a bunch of like fertilizer and stuff and they're like, Have at it, folks. You can you can have it. We, we you know. I have no use for it. <laughs> right. But some people have that. No, it is like yeah, stuff. it is the city, so they're yeah. not gonna do that probably no but like i live in the city too don't we? we live in the same city uh, <laughs> new york city yeah but i'm just saying uh where i would be dropping it off it's just a city yeah same same with me but like some people but have then gardens they bring it home. back some people have gardens oh yeah but i'm saying it's the city that brings it back yeah oh it's- oh i thought you meant like oh they're collecting this in new york city like no no I'm no, thinking no it's more like ah oh, this is going and build a blasio's garden no, they, he's going to have his, you know, he's going to be bragging about his prized tomatoes and it's going to be like, hey, those are my coffee grounds that made them tomatoes. Yeah. Be like, ah, man, Bill de Blasio. We should do a hyper local uh, episode of Books the Podcast where we just read like the New York Post. Man, I he's great because New Yorkers from every- Bill de Blasio is the, ma- the current mayor of New York who- literally nobody likes. I mean, that's the thing. He's brought the entire city together. Yeah. And now the entire country together. Yeah, <laughs> like, he was like, when... when whether he, you're you're all the way to the right, all the way to the left, you're right in the center, you can find plenty to not like about this guy. And when he, he was polarizing when he was elected, yeah. but he was like this progressive hero. Right. And then he just beefed everything he ever everything. tried to do. Just a fucking... Great A bumbler. Yeah, I will give him this. He he he's kept, tall. I know. No, so. that's up there as uh, as a dislike. He's too tall. Yeah, he's like he's, six eight or something. Something like that. He's. A, I've seen him in person and I was horrified, <laughs> taken aback. But um, uh, he ran on rent stabilization. Uh, keeping at zero percent, he kept that, and I live in a rent stabilized apartment. So, hey, not because I'm poor. Tommy's looking out for Tommy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, that's a. I mean, it's not like there was a better candidate to vote for ever, but, yeah. uh, but I was like, yeah, hey, I like him for that, and he did keep that promise. He's been. What about Anthony Weiner, Tom? <sighs> he's been garbage at everything else, though. And he's yeah. just like a bad. He's an idiot, a big tall idiot. So the synergy basically is uh, the 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 sum of the parts is greater than yeah the Avengers. Yeah. Um, but uh, there's this story about the, the this married couple and they sound kind of like the Lockhorns, right? <laughs> <laughs> they're they're fighting. Uh, they, 
so much of this book is just transcripts of married couples fighting. I mean, it makes sense because otherwise it seems like uh, this is not, there's not a lot of meat here. I mean, there is. I mean, yeah, there are habits and principles, but you have to illustrate them. Oh, drawings? No. Uh, like this husband and, 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 and wife, they're not getting along. And uh, the wife says she has a general feeling that they don't have aligned priorities. What do you mean a general feeling about priorities? What is it you want me to do? Give me something specific I can get a handle on. Well, it's just a feeling. I just don't think our marriage is as important to you as it, it is as you tell me it is. Well, Feelings what can I do to facts. make our Yeah, yeah. It's hard to put into words at that point. Uh it's just a feeling. Oh, Stephen, could you endure this kind of dumbness in your marriage? <laughs> is what the husband says to the author of the book. What was he doing there? He was mediating. Oh, okay. It's what? just a oh, feeling, he's, he's she like said. A, church guy, a very right? strong feeling. Honey, he said to her, that's your problem. And that's the problem with your mother. In fact, Ooh. it's the problem with every woman I know. And so they're, they're, they're fighting. Look, pal. And then, yeah, a problem with every woman you know. Maybe you should try looking at the man in the mirror. No, 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 no. That's, that's bad advice. Um, so he, he uh, Stephen Covey's like, hey, shut up, you two. Shut up, you fucking lockhorns. Uh, oh, he cursed? Yeah. And he's like, do you have any kids? And you think uh, they're going to say no. And he's going to be like, all right, then go to your separate ways. But they're like, yeah, we have two kids. Um, and he said, uh, and so Stephen says, really? How did you do it? What do you mean, the how did we do it? The old-fashioned way, penis and vagina, you, you virgin You were idiot. synergistic, I said. One plus one usually equals two, but you made one plus one equal four. Now that's synergy. The whole is greater than the sum of the parts. So how did you do it? The you whole, know, the vagina? You know how we did it, he replied. Hubba hubba. Uh, and it's all about valuing the differences, Tom. You know how we did it, and the man uh, mimed humping. <laughs> the, uh... <coughs> the, mi- the man made a circle with uh, his pointer and thumb of one <laughs> hand and t- stuck his pointer finger out from the other hand and vigorously... While winking at the author. Uh, yeah, so, uh, Tom, think about a person who typically sees things differently than you do. Maybe Bill de Blasio? (laughs) Consider ways in which those differences might be used as stepping stones to third alternative solutions. Perhaps you could seek out his or her views on a current project or problem. Maybe he could help us write our London shows next week. Yeah. Valuing the different views you are likely to hear. Maybe we can incorporate some elements of Bill de de Blasio's stump speech into our live shows. (sighs) Luck. The problem with Bill de Blasio is he won't listen to other people who are telling him things. And they're like, hey, don't run don't run for president. Nobody even likes you. Nobody thinks you're doing a good job as mayor even. Why yeah. on earth would... Uh, and, uh, I mean, the rest of the country hates New York. <laughs> yeah. So they wouldn't... Like, unless you're going to run as like, hey, I'm the mayor of New York and everybody there hates me. <laughs> 
But you're running on the idea I mean, that our current president kind of did that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but like you're running on like I'm the mayor of New York, the the best run city in America. And everybody's like, no, it's not. And also nobody there likes you or thinks you're doing a good job. Yeah. Well, another thing I don't see being brought up enough about him, besides the fact that he's too tall to be president, is that uh, uh, he's got like dumb mutton chops. He does have a weird... Like, you can't really see them because he has, like, a very, like, white... Yeah, he's trying to be, like, a throwback guy. I yeah, think. like, he's got, like, 70s-style mud chops that just look so stupid. He thinks he's so cool. Guess what? He's not. No. And, like, ugh. I can't even get started. I don't like the guy at all. Habit seven. The final habit. Sharpen the saw. Okay. Imagine this. Suppose you were to come upon someone in the woods working feverishly to saw down a tree. It's like the time you came upon the guy in the woods uh, uh, the, sharpening, the, sharpening his knife. a knife. Yeah. Well, it'd be, you, tr- you followed a trail of porn. Yeah. Is that what is... In this scenario, let's say I'm following a trail of porn and I come upon a guy sharpening a saw. How do you sharpen a saw? Tom, he's not sharpening a saw. He's working feverishly to saw down a tree. He's cutting off his wife's head. What are you doing, you ask? None of your beeswax. Can't you see, comes the impatient reply. I'm sawing down this tree. You look exhausted, you exclaim. How long have you been at it? Mind your own business. Over five hours, he returns. What? And I'm beat. This is hard work. You're doing it wrong. Well. Is it a redwood? Yeah, it's a redwood. Well, why don't you take a break for a few minutes and sharpen that saw? You inquire. I'm sure it would go a lot faster. I thought he was sharpening the saw. He was. You said he was sharpening the saw. He's cutting down the fucking tree, Tom. <laughs> okay. Well, I asked, how do you sharpen a saw? I don't have time to sharpen the saw, the man says emphatically. I'm too busy sawing. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> you got to take the time. Hey, Tom. Learn, not learn how to do things, but do things right, even if it seems like it's going to take more time, because it's going to actually take less time. No, it's kind of, <laughs> but it's more about general upkeep, yeah. right? You gotta, you, you gotta. Uh, there, there's, there's four dimensions of renewal, Tom. There's physical, and that's exercise, nutrition, and stress management. Yeah. There's social and emotional. That's service, empathy, is stress, energy. Is stress management a euphemism? Masturbation for jerking off. Yeah, jacking it. Mental. Uh, which is like reading, planning, writing. Jerk it off. Spiritual, voice clarification and commitment. Oh, value clarification and commitment. Study and meditation. Basically, this is just like, hey, uh, exercise, eat right, read books. Self-care. Yeah. Um, Take a bubble bath. Yeah. This is the single most impa- powerful investment we can ever make uh, in, uh, in life investment in ourselves tom and then he goes on to this thing i don't disagree with that he's right this is this is this is the chapter that i actually enjoyed he kept the best so last yeah like vanessa williams you went and saved the best for last sometimes the rain snow comes down in june sometimes the sun goes round the moon 
Just when you thought a it chance had passed, you went and saved the best for last. Boy, she was a uh, very beautiful. She's still very beautiful. She was a beauty queen, Tom. Yeah, she was an eraser with Arnold Schwarzenegger as well. Yeah, I remember. Uh, remember that rail gun that they had in that thing? I think it was nuts. I think I only saw the poster for. Do you remember racing. when the alligator almost bit Arnold? I don't think that was on the poster. Remember when the 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 train hit uh, old what's his name? Who the guy who was uh, he's an author now? Stephen King. No, that was a fan that hit him. No, he's an actor, but now he's an author. Oh, fuck. All right, you keep talking. Bruce Campbell. Not Bruce Campbell. Author Not- of. No, the guy writes uh, uh, fiction novels now. He's like a like a Tom Hanks. No, Tom Hanks writes short stories. Yeah, not fictional novels. Um, Dean Koontz. He writes Dean Koontz style things. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. No, he doesn't write. He writes Sherlock Holmes stories. Yeah, he does. And Veronica Mars episodes. Oh, did he? Yeah. And not sure, like, he wrote uh, Mycroft. Uh, Mycroft. Yeah. yeah. Who is oh, it? Oh, it's not called The Eraser. It's just called Eraser. Yeah. James Kahn. James Kahn writes novels now? Either that or he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, he, all right, he, he keep talking. I'm going to look him up. I uh, think he writes novels now, though. Yeah, basically, uh, exercise and eat right. Uh you want to build and willpower. Take your vegetables. Even if, if it's raining on the morning you you've scheduled to jog, do it anyway. Oh good, it's raining. I get to develop my willpower as well as my body, you'll think. See he that? doesn't write books. Who the hell am I thinking of? Eh, somebody will tell me. <laughs> somebody like a James Conn is now an author. Yeah. I don't I don't I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I don't think James Conn does much reading or writing. I think he might be dead. Jimmy Conn? Nah. He was the star of Vegas. <laughs> that was 15 <laughs> years ago. Yeah. Um. You know what? When they say, like, oh, you know it will make you feel old? Like, the Fresh Prince went off the air 25 years ago or whatever, right? Like, stuff yeah. from the 90s. That doesn't make no, me feel that, old. Yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, that's, I've seen Will Smith's career yeah. in the past 25 but years. But the things that do, do fuck me up is, like, when they <laughs> say things from, like, Vegas 2006 or 2007. It's like, nah, that seems like that was, like, two years ago. It's yeah. Like, nah, that was a long time ago. Yeah, like, when do you think the cape uh, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. The um, there's this other story about this guy. He goes to a, it's all about mental, like, relieving stress. I could I could go into this whole story. It's really boring. Do you want to hear it? Can you give me, like, an overview? What is, a guy goes did... to his doctor. Okay. And, uh. Oh, is this, but I am Pavarotti. What? <laughs> Not Pavarotti, Pagliacci. What is the story you're When he's of? like, oh, you should go see, he's like, oh, I'm depressed. He's like, oh, you should go to this opera where there's a clown, Pagliacci. No, it's Pagliacci. Pagliacci. Yeah. And he's like, but doctor, I am Pagliacci. 
You know what I'm talking about. It's a thing. So anyway, a uh, guy goes to the doctor, and he feels that everything is stale and flat. His enthusiasm waned, uh, and it was getting worse by the day. The doctor was just like, all right, here's what you're going to do. Uh, you're going to spend the next day, tomorrow, in the place where you were happiest as a child. You could take food, but you can't talk to anyone or to read or write or listen to the radio. <laughs> uh, and then he wrote out four prescriptions and told them to open one at a time, uh, one at 9 a.m., one at noon, one at three, and one at six. Nice. It was like a like a, a cocktail, like a speedball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, no, it's oh. not that fun. Are you serious? Gordon asked him. The guy's name is Gordon, by the way. It might be Sting, Gordon Sumner, but we he, we don't know. Well, I mean, he did write synchronicity. It's true. It sounds like synergy. <laughs> um. Are you serious, Gordon Asim? You won't think I'm joking when you get my bill, said the doctor. Hey. It's all fucked up. So Gordon... <laughs> it's all fucked up. <laughs> so Gordon uh, goes to the place where he felt happiest as a child. It's the beach. Right? I'm thinking of good vibrations. So, so he goes there, um, and he opens the first thing at nine, and it says, listen carefully. He's just like, what? So he just he's like, oh, puts the paper know. up to his ear. <laughs> At first, he did that, and he thought it was some kind of trick. But then he like basically just starts thinking about things. You know what I mean? And at noon, he opens the second paper and says, "Try reaching back." And Gordon's like, "Reaching back to what?" And then he's just like, "Hey, maybe I'll think about my childhood and stuff." Maybe I got something. Maybe I got a toilet paper stuck in my yeah. shoe. At three o'clock, he opened the third piece of paper. And it said, examine your motives. And he's like, what? And then he like thought about stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, the fourth one, uh, and he was just like, wow, man, everything is, uh, everything, like I'm calmer now. The fourth one uh, it's Percocet. said, write your worries on the sand. And he knelt and wrote several words with a broken piece of a shell and then he turned and walked away. He didn't look back. He knew the tide would come in. But what I want to know mm-hmm. is the doctor told him to go to the place that made him happiest when he was a kid. He oh, didn't say go yeah. to the fucking beach. Yeah. What if he went to, you know, just like a mall parking lot? Yeah. Write it in the sand. What sand? Yeah. That story's bunk. Either that, or that's a really, maybe the doctor was like a magician, and like the reveal was <laughs> oh, like, like, how did you know I was at the beach? He like planted a suggestion, yeah. or swapped out the prescription when he didn't realize. When he was busy thinking back and examining his motives or something. Yeah. Huh. Pretty good trick. Yeah. So uh, I'd the, like to see that on, on Penn and Teller Fool Us. <laughs> I would love to also. Uh, it, it's a 12-hour trick. <laughs> um, so he recommends the daily private victory, and it's an hour a day where you basically exercise, uh, read and write, and, like, meditate. Okay. Which, like... Yeah, it's not bad advice. I think that's fucking great. Yeah. And it's at least an hour a day, and you do it for yourself. How many pages do you take to get to that advice? Uh, 309. 
at this point. Is he getting paid per page? <laughs> I think it probably, yes. It's a book. I mean, probably more likely paid per word. Probably paid per book that he sold. Yeah. That's how royalties work. <laughs> but I guess well, he probably had on, to he had to deliver a, yeah, a manuscript. Depending on how many how big the <coughs> book is, you know, kind of dictates how much they could charge for it. Um so basically then he he talks about how he struggles with the seven habits um and uh that uh it's it's a process or something even though he came up with them. Yeah. Then he has an inter- he has like an FAQ at the back afterward questions I am often asked. Mm-hmm. And one is the seven habits was published in 1989 given your experiences in the many years that have followed what would you change add or subtract? And then he goes on to talk about all these other books that yeah. you should buy. Uh, the First Things First book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective Families, The the Seven Habits of Highly Effective Teens. Nothing worse than an effective teen. Yeah, exactly. Wearing a suit to high school or something. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I don't wear a backpack. I bring a briefcase to school. Yeah, uh, The Eighth Habit, he wrote, and he wouldn't say in this interview... Uh, what the eighth habit is. So you had to buy that whole fucking book. You can't Google it. I didn't. <laughs> Maybe you could. Uh, and basically, uh, listen. So uh, you're saying uh, uh, what I would change is go buy these five other books I wrote. Yeah, pretty much. Not bad. Yeah. Uh, look, there's a, there's a lot of stuff. This book is basically just like, hey, be a better person, think about your life, plan out your life, and uh, try to work with others the best you can. Yeah. So it's not a bad book, but it's like, there's no shortcuts, there's no hacks. No, and I don't think he's promising hacks. Right. And he even says, like, read through this book, but then, like, you're not going to be cured. Like, now, now you have to go back and, like, do the actual shit. Right. And, and I, I think, think that's I'll actually a that. pretty good thing of him saying, like, hey, look, even me, the, yeah. the habited man, has trouble sometimes. Now, he ends the book mm-hmm. with this FAQ, and this is the last question. And I think it's a joke, but I don't understand the joke. Well, maybe he started with the end in mind. He did. I'm sure he did. So maybe you should turn to the first page, and it will have the punchline. The final question is, are you really bald, or do you shave your head for efficiency's sake? And then his answer is this. Hey, listen, while you're busy blow-drying your hair, I'm out serving the customers. In fact, the first time I heard the expression, bald is beautiful, I kicked the slats out of my crib. The hell does that mean? I kicked... So, so it was a baby. Yeah, but was Stephen... Kobe bald? Fa- apparently famously bald. Okay. So is he trying to claim he was bald his whole life? Like not just as a baby? In fact, the first time I heard the expression bald is beautiful, <laughs> I kicked the slats out of my crib. It's like a riddle. <laughs> be puzzling over that one for years to yeah. come. I feel like this is something you would find at a crime scene. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, the detectives would be like, 
you know, uh, throwing things up against the wall. Like, I don't get it. <laughs> if you can explain this joke to us in a way that makes sense, yeah. please leave it in the comments and I will send you this book. Uh, uh, I don't know. That's the only thing I have to offer. This dog-eared book. You have all my notes in it. I made a lot of funny notes in the margins also. If somebody understands this, him, they don't need the book. Yeah, that's true. Maybe it's one of those where it's like a, a Buddha thing where it's like it's only once you fully embrace and understand these concepts. And then when you do, this will be the funniest joke you've ever heard in your life. Yeah. I don't know, man. Is he trying to say he was a horny baby? I don't think so. Are there horny babies? I hope not. Yeah, that'd be gross. Yeah, that's the last thing we need in as a fact, society. In fact, the first time I heard the expression, <laughs> bald is beautiful, I kicked the slat out of my crib with an exclamation point. Because like the beginning of it, it's almost like, you know, it's like, oh, that's like somebody trying to rib him. Like, hey, yeah, are you really bald or are you trying to save time? Yeah, hey, listen, while you're busy blow drying your hair, I'm out serving the customers. Yeah, so and when, when I was like, oh, no, I get that, that's... Yeah, I mean, it's not like a great joke, yeah. but it's okay. It's, yeah. a, it's a joke. It's a good, uh, yeah, maybe this guy gets uh, shit a lot for being bald, but the rest In doesn't. Fact, the first time I heard the expression, bald is beautiful, I kicked the slats out of my crib. Is it, uh, talking about how he's heard, like, hey, I've heard it all before. I've heard all the jokes about being bald. Maybe is bald is beautiful a joke though? No, but like maybe it's like a bunch of people have said to him like, "Oh, hey, don't feel bad. Bald is beautiful." And he's like, yeah, "I've been hearing that since I was a baby. In fact, the first time I heard him, I kicked the slats out of my crib." When but you kick the, the slats, is that out of anger or is he kicking them out and he's like, "Now I'm going to go fucking conquer the world." Like uh, bald is beautiful, huh? I'm bald. Uh, let me get out of this crib and, and fucking go be effective. See, I thought it was like that he laughed so hard he kicked the slats out. But, but what you're uh, saying makes more sense if you kick him out to escape. Because yeah. if you kick the slats out, then the, the, the bottom's open. You can get out of there. Yeah. I recently, I had to be baby- Baby's day out situation. <laughs> yeah. I had to uh, <coughs> uh, babysit my niece uh, mm. this weekend for a few hours. This is the first time I've been left alone with a like a a proper baby it, maybe ever uh it was like mildly terrifying it was a lot of fun but at one point uh it's like this is cr- like this baby is like gaining more energy by the moment and according to the schedule she should be taking a nap right now uh i gotta figure something out so i put on elmo because like elmo is his baby i think yeah. the most babies just like yeah. you know there's a new muppet babies it's oh, a it's CGI. like a, yeah, it yeah. scares me. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I put on the Elmo, and she was like nodding off, and I was like, "All right, yeah, let's go, let's go up to the crib." And I put her in the crib, and this was just like a comedy of errors. This baby in the crib. It's like I'm sitting, and they have like a nice like armchair next to the crib, like a you know a reading books, a reading storybooks. This baby, less than a year old, is just in the crib holding on to the bars of the crib just jumping up and down <laughs> like without taking a rest for like 15 <laughs> minutes straight before i'm like all right i guess you don't want to take a nap let's go back downstairs let's watch uh more elmo
Good babysitting time. She I'm, was probably just like, I don't know what's going on. This guy's here. They've never left this guy with me. <laughs> I think that's I'm what gonna it was. I'm going to have to stay vigilant, and <laughs> no, uh, he's kind of like, fun. I don't think it was stay vigilant. It was just like, hey, this guy, yeah, let's let's bring the party into the room, and like, I'll show you what I can do. You've already seen uh, the havoc I can cause elsewhere in the house. Check this out. I can jump on the bed, even though it's not really like a, you know, it's a very thin mattress yeah. crib, but like, hey, check it out. I can jump up and down on it. Yeah, it was fun. It's an impressive child, Tom. Thank you. That's my niece. <laughs> All right, well, uh, we've reached the end of uh, the seven habits of highly effective people. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, we're pro- by the time you hear this, there's probably a poll up for the next book that I'm going to read. Yeah. So check that out. You probably got an email about it, but if you didn't, go to patreon.com slash complete guide and uh, you can vote it's gonna on It's going to be a quick book. poll, like a quick pickle. <sighs> Not that short, but pretty short. 24-hour poll. We're on a tight deadline. Yeah. We got trips. We got we to gotta bank some eps. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, check that out. And thank you for being a patron of the arts. Thank you, everybody. Good night. Stay And hey, stay effective. Kick the slats out of my crib. Kick the slats. The first time I heard that, I kicked the slats out of my crib. <laughs>